All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Be the Obvious Choice podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Miller. And today we are joined by Mr. Ben Friedman. Hey. Um, ben, um, the reason I wanted Ben on this podcast, and it's it's my first episode doing it, and so you should feel very privileged. I am very privileged. Yes. Um, I, so saved, I saved the best for first. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, but the reason I wanted Ben on this podcast, um, so in case you haven't ever listened to it, um, it is called, again, the Be the Obvious Choice podcast. What I mean by that is... Who in my life is the obvious choice for something? Whether that your go-to be, guy, who's my go-to guy or for gal. or gal for that aspect of my life? So, for example, Ben Friedman is my go-to guy for all things in the auto world, and Ben also is a, a go-to guy for a lot of other things in just you know life and and business and and just how you treat people and. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll get into some other things, but he's the obvious choice in our community, in my life, um, for the auto world. Yeah, hearts. Hearts. <laughs> and so I wanted to uh, to have you on to, to talk about that. So yeah, um, during the podcast, we're going to be covering Ben's new endeavors. Um, hint, hint, there's uh, something on my on my hat um, that, you, that we may get into. And uh, he also has a huge passion for just... Um, a customer-centric experience, providing that to um, his customers, and something that we share mm-hmm. um, share in uh, for sure. So yeah. excited to talk about that. Um, h- how me and Ben met? Um, I think it's just kind of funny because someone asked me that earlier today, and we met via Facebook. Mm-hmm. We were just like Facebook commenting and interacting. Um, well, I. Just moved to the lakes. You had just in moved o- in the lakes. Yeah, to the October of 2020, and you started popping up all over the place as people I should know, so a friend requested you. And yep. Next thing I know, we were friends. Yep. And I'm like, I should probably get to know this Tyler Miller guy. Yeah. And so we had lunch at the tavern. And but there was a little bit of, like, fun commenting back and forth before that, if I recall. Like, well, it was... Like when is there not fun comedy I know, in the lakes? But you were very... Um, you're very good at it. Like, you were very... Um, I don't know, you were just like always Johnny on the spot with like a fun comment or just something, right? Yeah. And I was like, man, this Ben Freeman guy's pretty cool. And so, um, yeah, when you reached out about grabbing lunch at the tavern, uh, that was obviously like, yeah, I got to meet this guy. And we've been really good friends ever since, yeah. great neighbors mm-hmm. um, in the community here in Blaine. So that's how I know Ben. He asked me out to lunch. Mm-hmm. And I said yes. No. Um, it was just lunch. It was, <laughs> just, it was just lunch. Just um, lunch. But so anyways, enough of me talking. I'm going to throw it over to Ben. Um, I want Ben to uh, – which is weird, by the way, because I don't call you Ben. No. Ever. No. He's, he's Friedman. Friedman. All right? So if you, if you call him Ben, I mean, that's fine. But his name is Friedman. Yeah. Uh, his last name. But uh, I want to throw it over to Friedman over here uh, to give us some background. Uh, so tell us about your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can kind of go into your your business, your work experience. You have a vast history of – some work experience I'm very interested to hear about. Yeah. Um, so start there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, born and raised in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, Where back, exactly? Well, I was born in Portland. Portland. And then raised in Tacoma, Washington. Yep. Uh, moved out here uh, almost 11 years ago mm-hmm. uh, for a career move, which was awesome. Um, never thought in a million years I would say I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Right. Let alone Blaine. Right. <laughs> but uh, Me neither. But, yeah, but it's funny how that <laughs> happens. Yep. Um, you know, and I was, I was talking to some other people earlier today, and 
um, what I think or what I feel about living out here is it was meant to be. Yeah. You know, I have people like yourself and all my other friends that I feel like you guys were waiting for me to move out here my whole life yeah. so that we could be friends. Yeah. Right? Like um, moving halfway across the country not knowing anybody is scary. Very scary. But then when you think about all of the cool people that you could meet or all of the experiences you get to have, it's like super awesome. And, you know, I think a lot about how that ties into maybe what we're going to talk about later with being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right. There's like, it's scary. Yep. Right. And your sign up here says it perfect. Yep. You know, but at the end of the day, like all the experiences yet to be had, all the people yet to be met makes it all worthwhile. Right. Um, so going back. Um, so I've lived here in Minnesota for 11 years. Um, my wife, Kai, and I have lived here in Blaine for almost three years. Mm -hmm. We have a six-year-old son, David. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife runs our two children's clothing stores, Once Upon a Child in Maple Grove. Once Upon a Child. Oh, yeah. Oh, did yeah. I nail it? Yep. Absolutely. I actually did the promo for that. No. <laughs> buy, buy, sell, repeat. <laughs> um, and so she, she uh, operates our two Once Upon a Child stores. And then um, our son, David, goes to school. He'll be in first grade here in about three weeks. So, yep. Yeah, um, both amazing love your family yeah, kaya, you. kaya i mean you kicked her coverage for sure just oh, like i did I so know. knuckles buddy yeah yeah um but yeah david's awesome he's just so like excited all the time yeah he's, like very very curious and he's just yeah he's a great kid so yeah and you know I, i'm sure i've shared this with you but my wife and i met on an airplane yeah and that's actually one of my questions okay well then we'll save it for that no no we can go into <laughs> it right now so i was gonna say so you said, you know, your wife, Kaya, yeah. talk about how you met and maybe how you proposed. Sure. Absolutely. So um, purely coincidental. And like I was talking to a friend earlier this morning about coincidences in my life. Yeah. And like, what about if I missed uh, my Uber ride to the airport that morning? Or if I didn't get in the elevator 16 years ago and bumped into somebody who needed an internet sales manager in the car business, I right. probably would not even be in the car business. Right. Right. I did well on mortgages. Which, you know, I mean, mortgages are mortgages. Yep. You know, uh, at Nate Reich. Um, but um, <laughs> shout out to the big dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wish I had a piece of bubble gum because that seems to be the cool thing. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that was coordinated right there. That was very coordinated. Mm -hmm. For anybody watching on video, that yeah. was really not planned, I promise. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, met my wife. I was at the airport at like 4.45 in the morning. Um, didn't want to talk to anybody, didn't want to see anybody, just wanted to get on my airplane, get to Chicago mm -hmm. to do some business. And this gorgeous woman walked by me with a coworker of hers. And I'm like, oh, she's, she's beautiful. Um, but I just, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to get on the plane. Right. Well, I got on the airplane. And when you fly from Minneapolis to Chicago on a Delta flight, it's two and two. Mm -hmm. um, so I got on the airplane. And then next thing I know, uh, she gets on the airplane and um, she's oh my seat's right there. It was right next to me. So she tries to put her headphones on. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll start talking to her. Yeah. Anyway, 45 minutes later, we got to Chicago, parted ways, and then uh, the rest is history. But um, it was it was meant to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've been married. It'll be seven years uh, in December. Mm -hmm. And it's it's been wonderful. So how do you propose? Because it's the coolest. You have it on video, don't you? I do. I think I've seen the video. Yeah. So you got to share with the people listening. Like, the, oh yeah. So, so and make sure you lean into the mic there because we got it. We got to hear this one. It's a good one. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yes. Is this Clarice? <laughs> Why, hello, Clarice. Hello, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> 
So podcast to be three hours. <laughs> just so, doing movie. No, clothes. no, 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 no. So um, we were flying to. There's a theme here. Flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were flying to Orange County, Newport Beach for Thanksgiving back in 2016. Uh, we had already bought the ring. Um, we had. Uh, long story short, we had found out we were pregnant in October of 2016, um, and so we went out and bought rings like the following weekend because mm-hmm. we knew we wanted to be married. But yep. I wanted it to be a very special proposal. So, so she helped you pick out the ring? Like yeah. You guys, yeah. Like you, we knew it was happening. It was just on you to do the proposal. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I I think the woman should give some sort of like opinion on what the ring looks right. like. I mean, you know, it's it's her yeah. finger, you know, so yep. whatever. Anyway. <laughs> so we're flying to we're flying to Orange County and um I get a call from the pilot. Um, that there was something urgent that he needed to speak with me about. And I had already had this plan. I planned this through Twitter and Delta because I've flown 150,000 miles that year, and I was mm-hmm. pretty no- well-known on a first-name basis with them. So <laughs> got up to the front of the plane and uh, it was for Thanksgiving. So, you know, I'm a big believer in appreciating the military. Um, so thank you for your service to anybody watching mm-hmm. this. Absolutely. And um, uh, I proposed. I asked Kaya to come up. And um, in front of everybody, in front of everybody, yep. And they had uh, champagne on board, and so proposed. She said yes. I didn't have to cancel her plane ticket home, (laughs) and we had a big party on the plane. So it was it was awesome. Um, That's such a cool. It's such a cool video. Yeah, it's a cool memory. Yeah, Uh, it's a cool story. But um, that takes some balls, man, to do it on on an airplane, like. Just you just never know, right? Well, and I, you know what? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you miss every he miss every opportunity you don't take, right? right. And so, um, you know, I wanted to make it memorable. Um, admittedly, I'd been married before, so yeah. um, you know, I, I I really felt that this was my opportunity to have my happily ever after, right? So, right, yep. Well, I love the story. Thank that, you. Yeah, that was. It's literally talk about how you proposed to Kaya right on my notes. <laughs> you led right into it. Um, so you mentioned, um, like, you moved into Blaine, mm-hmm. right? You moved in the community. So talk about, like, where you live. Yeah. Like, so what community do you live in? I live in the lakes. The lakes of Blaine. The lakes of Blaine, right? Uh, the lakes of Radisson, Radisson in Blaine. In Blaine, yes. Yes. And AKA Tyler Miller's neighborhood. Yeah. Well, maybe one day. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I live in the same same uh, community, and uh, Ben happens to also live on the lake. Mm-hmm. Um He's on the other side of the bridge. Yeah, you know he's he's on the lake under the low bridge. Under the low bridge, mm-hmm. yeah. Not uh, for all can... you lakes people, mm-hmm. you know what bridge we're talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> takes takes a real man to get under that low bridge. Oh, it does. Yeah, I still haven't, so yeah. I'm not on your level. But um, well, I take my top off when I. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you do. You love taking your top. Yeah, off. I do love taking my top <laughs> off. Uh, like, talk about just like living in in the lakes and living in this community. Like, what is it? meant to you what has it done for you yeah so um complete eye-opener when it when we moved here um we had talked we were living in brooklyn park Mm -hmm. um just by target headquarters i have to say that Mm -hmm. um and it was either buy a second home up in mcgregor where my wife was originally from or um find a house on water Mm -hmm. and we were scrolling zillow one day and um found our house and just went looked at it and i was like let's just make a stupid offer right you know test the realtors because you never know how realtors are yeah those realtors can be shady they can for sure yeah and they accepted the offer so it kind of was like a oh moment you know and got our house sold in brooklyn park but um you know kind of like my move out here to minnesota is kind of like our move to the lakes like great people kind of waiting to embrace us a lot of amenities uh, a lot of room for activities um 
and it's just been great. Like I love being surrounded by great people, right? You know, and um, great walking paths. Just it's a it's just a, it's a fantastic area, right? And you can get on the lake. You're mm-hmm. not too far from the cities. It's you know, yeah, it's 20 minutes to get downtown from where we are. Yeah, um, and the lake is like this little hidden gem because can't just go boat on it like you have to live on the lake to to get on it you know what i mean i remember when we bought our house on the lake we had never even been out on the lake before Mm -hmm. like it because it's that like secluded it's that like kind of exclusive where it's just like if you don't know somebody that lives on the lake like you're not you're not getting on there well we were with uh, some friends about a month ago and they thought it was just like a chain of ponds right and so when we took them out on the boat they're like this is a big lake this is nice like it's not the big lake no but it's a big lake. Yeah. And it is nice to have an electric boat. It is nice that it's quiet. It is yeah. nice that you can go and at 10 o'clock at night, if you want, go out and put your feet up and not have to worry about making noise. Right. Or if you want to go swimming, you don't have to choke down on oil and gasoline. Right. And it's it's just a fantastic place to raise a family. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. Well, we're happy to have you in the lake. Well, thank buddy. you. Um, okay. So talk about the relentless pursuit of a customer-centric buying process. When I asked you, you know, what is something that you really want to get into? Yeah. That was something that was very passionate uh, in for you. And so what does that mean to you and why is that so important? Yeah. So, you know, consumers are really the lifeline of the economy, right? Like they, they consume goods and services. And so because people work so hard nowadays and because people – um, deserve the best. I don't care if it's a, you know, in my in my industry, automotive transportation, I don't care if it's a $5,000 car, $2,000 car, $75,000 car. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, those people, everybody deserves a great experience. Mm-hmm. Everybody deserves to be communicated with. Everybody deserves the truth. Everybody deserves to see what something truly is, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, right? Right. Um, oftentimes we talk about everything that's positive, but we fail to talk about what is lacking in positivity. I don't like using the word negative, so lacking in positivity, right? Yep. So for me, customer-centric equals transparent. It's, hey, you know, you want to spend $2,000 on a car, that's awesome, but I'm going to tell you $2,000 is just your your cost to play. Right. Right? $2,000 is probably going to be in a year another $2,000 in maintenance, right? Or for another $1,000, you can get a $5,000 car because the 2000 to acquire, yep. 2000 to maintain, another 1000 You can probably get a car that's going to last you a couple of years. Yep. You know, or if you want to use that money as a down payment, we can find a car that's going to last you and maybe even have a warranty. Yeah. So it's always getting to know who you're working with, what they're looking for, how long they want to have it. Do they have a backup plan if something happens to it? But yeah. then catering an experience around that person. Yeah. Nothing should ever be cookie cutter, right? No. And, you know, in, in the automotive industry, we have what's called the road to the sale, mm-hmm. right? So there's the meet and greet, the needs analysis. Nothing should ever be cookie cutter. And everybody should always feel like something was made to order. I like using the word bespoke. So Bespoke. Bespoke. Ooh. All right. So All right. bespoke typically is a couture term yeah meaning cut to cut to make or made to order yep i've always had this hashtag ever since i was maybe like 20 years old called think bespoke right think bespoke think bespoke so like hashtag it. think bespoke and what the origin really of that is is think of anything that you do but do it 
catered to that person that you're talking to. Right. So I'm not going to sit here and crack a beer with you. What am I going to do? I'm going to crack a White Claw. Absolutely. Because that's your jam, right? Absolutely. But I know, like, I could go and have a Pabst Blue Ribbon with somebody, or I could go get a piece of bubble gum and chew it with Nate Reich. Right? (laughs) We all could. Right, yeah. Yeah. You got to be able to blow a bubble, though. Blow a bubble while you're getting a picture taken. I mean, it's just that awesome, (laughs) Pretty impressive. But, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, if you think bespoke, Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that ties into the whole customer centric thing of I'm working with you today. I yeah. want the experience to be all about you. Right. And then, you know, after we're done today and I work with a different customer, I'm going to I'm going to shape my experience yeah. around what they want. You're like a chameleon. Kind yeah. Of, in and, a good way. And, you know, I've always been that way. Like um, when I was training at Maury's mm-hmm. where I was, mm-hmm. um, the thing I train the sales teams to be is when you're on the phone with somebody and you hear like a kid in the background, ask who that is. Is that your son or daughter? Right. Um, do they like candy? Yeah. And I, that, that sounds kind of creepy. <laughs> well, you're not you're not, not pulling up next to the next to their driveway in a car. Yeah. No. But uh, you know, and then it's like, well, what's their favorite candy? Yeah. And so conveniently, when they would come in and meet with me, I would have that candy mm-hmm. ready to go. Yeah, and no, you're, it, you're one of the best at it. Because then that means that you were listening and you were paying attention. I literally have in my office notes from probably three or 400 customers when I first started in the car business mm-hmm. of what they liked. And anytime I saw that they were on our list to bring their car in for service, I would have their favorite snack ready to go. Yeah. And this most of the time was out of my own pocket. But at the end of the day, it's really, really planted a foundation for not only a great career – but also for my beliefs right? that everybody should have a very, very great experience no matter what you're buying or how much money you're spending. Yeah. No, you're definitely uh, one of the best at that. I mean, I remember just recently, I mean, I, we were talking about like candy bars, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like caramello. I'm like next week you showed up, you had a caramello bar for me just, mm-hmm. just because. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's stuff like that that people remember. And it's no surprise that you have had such success with – connecting with people, training employees, you know, showing them how to be bespoke because yeah. you live it. You know yeah. what I mean? And sometimes people are are preaching one thing where they're not practicing yeah. it. And, like, you definitely embody that. Thanks. Um, but I think to give people a little bit of perspective, really quick, hit me with, like, the highlights of your, your business timeline. So you said you were a mortgage industry. Yeah. So um, graduated from culinary arts school. So okay. I don't know. If I think know. I did know that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, he can cook, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Well, so I was in the <laughs> restaurant business yeah. early on, you know, senior year in high school, a couple of years of college. Um, anyway, ended up in Portland, Oregon to go to culinary school um, conveniently to uh, be close to somebody who I was dating at the time. But I ended up graduating, went back into restaurant management, and then I learned through late nights and not a lot of money that that's just not what I wanted to do. Right. Was serving a table of guys one night at a really high-end steakhouse, asked one of them what they did. They said they were just, they were mortgage guys and they were closing a great month. And this is back in like 05? Um, as a matter of fact, was it was, yeah. Yeah, so it was like nuts. Yeah, to get for the, sure. Like, like it was good to get in the mortgage industry. Yeah, right? no, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. so, um, and, and it's funny because for my training, I actually came out to Minneapolis to do training with the company that I worked oh. for, which was uh, a subprime-centric uh, mortgage and uh, mortgage business. But um, they're no longer around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So no, anyway, no surprise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> subprime in 2005. <laughs> whew, yeah, you're yeah, probably yeah, not yeah. around anymore. Yeah, not so much. But uh, <laughs> so 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 anyway, um, yeah. So mortgages. Um, but like. Uh, 
and I and I know you're going to keep going, but I just since I'm in real estate, I just I'm curious, like the mortgage thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, what made you get out of that industry? Was it just like you saw the writing on the wall? Was there like did you start to see some cracks and things happening in the in the housing market where you were just like this isn't for me anymore? No. So no. the first company I went to go work for went out of business. They were served with a huge attorney general settlement lawsuit. Okay. Um, and it was interesting because the company had spent probably half a million dollars getting every employee to Anaheim, California to talk about how great things were yeah. and how stable the company was. And we yeah. got through this and rah, rah. And then literally a week later, all branches were closed out at the exact same time. Jeez, that's, that's, that's intense. Yep. So I went to go work for another um, full spectrum um, mortgage company and mm-hmm. about six months after that they started um, laying people off mm-hmm. so I felt some turbulence yeah you know without knowing it because I mean to be honest with you I didn't I wasn't a student of the industry right you know like yeah, you didn't know you no know, I didn't I just knew that I liked to sell and I liked making money and yeah you know being 24 driving a really nice Hummer was pretty freaking cool so you had success I yeah I, I've always I avoid in some way way shape or form had success yeah right and i'm and i'm not touting that it's just because we all have different definitions of success you know yeah. when you're 24 it's not seeing your wife and son smile right it's right that's that's my definition of success now is is um making sure that my family's really happy and taken care mm-hmm. of right mm-hmm. and um i'm not gonna get too deep in that i'll choke <laughs> up but uh i might have more questions about that anyways okay well i might make you, you better, yeah you better go get some <laughs> get some kleenex yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but uh no so uh, anyway long story short and then just how it all ties together um decided to take a couple months off from a job you know i just had left the full spectrum company um finished brokering a couple deals and i'm like you know what? i'm gonna just i'm gonna take a couple months off and i'll figure out what's next right and um got in the elevator of the apartment building I was living in in downtown Tacoma, Washington, and this girl was crying, and I was like, what's wrong? And she's like, well, I just lost my internet sales manager, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, well, I like cars. I like people. Um, I wanted to take time off, but I'll come help you until you can find somebody. I ended up being there for three years. Wow. And that was internet? That was uh, internet sales uh, at uh, a small Chevy dealership just outside of Tacoma, Washington. Okay. So it wasn't necessarily related to selling cars at that point? Um, it was more like originating car okay. sales through the internet okay. at that point. So I was setting appointments. Okay. Yeah. And then you transitioned to? Then I transitioned to uh, digital marketing, got really involved with digital marketing, started doing some selling. Um, when I got into digital marketing, I... Uh, was working for a dealership in Seattle, based out of Seattle, Tacoma. It had some stores in California. So I was traveling from Washington to California every month and mm-hmm. had a lot of fun doing that and kind of started really getting that taste of like, hey, this is cool. This could be a career. And then got approached by a really well-known digital marketing company to do a consulting gig out here in Minneapolis. Okay. And like three or four weeks in on my consulting gig, I was cornered by the CEO and he said, hey, you're going to move out here. You're going to work for me. I'm like, nope. I'm good. Yeah. Stay, you know, and then two weeks later it was okay. You're gonna get fired, or you're gonna get, or you're gonna quit. But either way, you're moving out here to work for me. And really? So I'm like, okay. Well, this is just meant to be. So. So it was at threat of firing that you were forced to move to Minnesota. He was. He was literally playing around. But yeah. I. I viewed that as kind of the writing on the wall that maybe it was supposed to be. So. Isn't um, that just the the thing about Minnesota though? Like you don't move here under your own will. You had to be forced. 
if he had asked me in the winter time, I probably would have taken a little bit <laughs> yeah, more of yeah. nudging. But um, when did he get you over here? It was like spring, summer. No, um, we started talking about it in July of twenty twelve, and I moved out here. My first day in Minnesota was October first, twenty twelve. That was probably a beautiful day. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it for was, just a short period of time. It was great. I love the fall. Yeah, I don't know. I do too. Yeah, but I like do. it was one of those years where we got snow on like October fifteenth. I dude, I remember literally like my first winter here in Minnesota because like you don't in Washington you get like two or three inches right done. But I remember it was like my first winter. Like I opened the garage and it was like stacked deep on the garage, and I'm like, <laughs> this really is a thing. This is yeah. This is this is a thing. Here. Like what's up with these snow brooms and like getting up at four o'clock to go clean cars off? <laughs> right. Like, well, but yeah, I, I love it. In your auto, in the auto industry, man, you guys probably had to clean a ton of cars off. Yeah, this last winter was brutal. Ooh. There were those two days where um, we got like 18 inches of snow in 24 hours. So yeah. I was working at the Bear Lot in Mountain View, yeah. and literally, you have to clean the cars off, move them, plow, move them back, clean the other cars off, move them, plow. Mm. I mean, it's it's a full day. Yeah, it's a full day thing. And then it's like it's just going to snow tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh. yeah, but. It is what it is. People, yeah. you know, we're, we're tenacious and resilient. Yep. All right. So then you did digital marketing mm-hmm. and then you flew out. They flew you out here. Yeah. And kind of take me to where you went next. You were at Maury's, right? Yeah. So That's where we kind of met. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was so when they when Maury's moved me out here was my first go around with Maury's. Yeah. So I worked for Maury's until 2013, went off and did a couple other things, came back um, and took over their variable operations development manager role. So variable operations in the automotive industry is the sales department, right? So you have variable operations, which is sales, and then you have fixed operations, which is service, right? Yep. So just always remember fixed fixed cars in the service department. Yep, yep. Okay. So, um, so you're in variable. Variable, yep. So I would travel around to each of the stores and I would help the sales teams leverage the opportunities that were in front of them, whether it was through the internet or from the phone or from walk-in traffic to make sure that they were getting all of the juice out of the fruit, right? right? Making sure that they were maximizing every opportunity, not only to get guests in, but also if a guest left without buying, what are we going to do? How are we going to follow up? Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that it really, you know, took my career to the next level. Yep. And then, um, left there COVID hit you Co- yeah so COVID hit um, and it was just my well up in our corporate office there were just maybe about a dozen people that were working a lot of people have been furloughed in all of the stores so working now directly with the managers yep. to help them sell cars versus having salespeople. so yep. um, it was a great time um, definitely long hours putting reports together making sure that everybody still you know kept their head on their shoulders and yeah. Um, navigated through what was then unknown, right? Now, I mean, right. we're obviously on the other side of that now, and um, rightfully so. But, um, no, it was, it was great. Um, and then, uh, you know, went and partnered up with um, somebody who I have a lot of respect for, Richard, over yeah. at White Bear Mitsubishi. Yeah. met Richard. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, he is a great guy. And um, worked with him for a while, um, learned the company culture. Um, they've got a really great culture there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're part of a bigger organization philosophically called the Rydell Group. Mm-hmm. And the Rydell Group believes that um, everybody should be helpful and effective, right? So right. It's, just, it's all it's all about the ethos. It's all about the culture of a company that makes or breaks it. Right. And so, um, yeah, you know, I, I would say that I've been blessed being around really great people mm-hmm. personally, professionally. Mm-hmm. I've had some really great mentors. 
and you know at the end of the day i'm just i'm just kind of getting started i know yeah it's, and that's the exciting, exciting thing <clears throat> super exciting it's like you're just scratching the surface yeah. everything you've done is like leading up to this kind of big uh moment that i think is coming very soon for you so yeah um yeah i when you when you meet when i meet someone like you it's very obvious to see that you are meant for um you know providing that type of experience and and it's really cool that you get to like pass it on to people yeah like as a as a consultant or just as their boss when you're at the dealerships like, but it all but it all starts here man totally i mean that's the thing you know it mm -hmm. being i mean you're you're an absolutely phenomenal family man mm -hmm. right i think that's something we share yeah but but professionally it all it all has to come from here right totally. i mean at the end of the day if it doesn't come from here like it, it it's, it's not going to be, be authentic yeah. right yeah it's going to be and, empty and, it's not going to it's not going to trick anybody right you know I, I mean you know and i can go back in my career you know I, we were talking about the mortgage industry right um i didn't i didn't have it coming from here right i i, I just you know knew that it, a lot of stuff was going into my wallet right and i had a great time and a great life but then you know it started coming from here when i met so many great people in the automotive industry that just needed that passion right right like there was like a little spark in their heart and they mm -hmm. just needed that like igniter fluid to really get that passion going. Right. And, and, um, authentically. Yeah. You know, cause you can have passion and no authenticity, but at the end of the day, people see that too. It has to be authentic. People know yeah, I love what I do. I still, there was a gal that bought a car from me when I was a manager at Maury's Kia in 2013. I still, to this day, get text messages. Hey, can you, can you help me find a car? Yeah. You know, her mom and her own a very successful trucking company down in southern Minnesota, almost Iowa. Mm -hmm. And they still to this day will text me, hey, I'm looking for this. Can you help me find it? Right. And and I will. Yep. I will. I know. Maybe maybe a segue into something that you have coming down the road. That maybe. We'll see. We'll yeah. See. We'll see what happens. Um, all right. Well, I appreciate you sharing your kind of your history yeah. about uh, or with us about your uh, – your business and, mm -hmm. and all that stuff, but let's get into some other stuff here. So, um, let's see here. What are you most passionate about when it comes to your business slash auto sales? Is it, is it delivering the bespokeness or what is it that really sticks out to you? Doing something different. Yeah. Right. So like, again, like it's not necessarily about selling the cars. Yeah. Right. It's about, it's, it's seriously about delivering an experience that's, it's, you can't replicate it. It's unmatched. Right. I would I would challenge somebody to replicate the experience that I can provide. And I when saw I, the experience firsthand. Right. My father-in-law purchased a car from, oh, yeah. from you guys. And, I mean, you were there. Mm -hmm. And uh, you kind of you stepped in. You gave your salesperson a couple little yeah, piece of advice or whatever, just sure. some information. And, I mean, it was... It was seamless. It was perfect. Yeah. Um, and he, he did such a great job. And I can see a lot of what you do probably spilled over to, to him, which then passed on my father-in-law. And it yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, it's just an expectation, right? Yeah. It's, I, if I get involved, there's a different level of expectation, mm -hmm. right? And whether I'm actually selling the car or whether I'm just um, – I don't like to say just, but whether I'm also the manager at the desk, the leader on duty, whatever you want to call right. it, right? There's an expectation that I have that nobody else will touch. Right. The minute that somebody alters that expectation, you go to somebody else. Yep. I love it. Um, let's see here. So this is one I'm really curious about. So take me behind the scenes, okay, at a dealership. Mm -hmm. What are some of the secrets that they don't want us to know? 
<laughs> for example, how much negotiation room is there really? Yeah, so um, it depends on the concept, right? So mm -hmm. if you're at a one price dealership, there's no negotiation room. And, and Tyler, you're a business person too, right? Yeah. And you put a lot of people put their trust in you. So if they're right. a one price dealer and this is what they call their best price, yeah. if they negotiate even a penny, guess what? They're a liar. Right. So, you know, anytime you're at a one price dealer, whether it be, you know, a Maury's, a Walls, right. et cetera, like that's their best price. Right. Right. There obviously is other tools to negotiate, like if you have a trade in. Right. You know, obviously, you should do your research. Um, do you but think also, Kelly Blue Book is the best for that? Well, here's the thing, though, right? Like, you have to be honest with yourself when it comes to doing a trade evaluation on your own. If your right. car needs tires, make sure that you factor that in. Yeah. Tires are at least, I, I just put new tires on Kaya's car, $350 a corner. Yeah. Right? So yeah. They're, they're expensive. Granted, those are 21-inch tires. But even 16-inch tires are still $150 to $200 a corner. So right. every scratch, factor two to $300, right? Yeah. So, so you have to understand that while you may think your car is perfect, it's not. <laughs> so you have to be honest with yourself when you're when you're factoring a trade. Right. And then, you know, the other thing too is just always making sure that you're up to date on your maintenance. Yeah. So as far as secrets go, there's there's really no secrets. But there are like so I, I talk to people all the time. I get them in the real estate world and uh, you know, they, they want to negotiate, right? It's just like they have to they have to get a deal. And I know there's people in your guys' world that walk in and like they won't pay sticker price so like if it's a one price place like you said mm -hmm. is it just kind of like hey like i want to help you out but this is what we can do and yeah. that's it yeah it, it, there's no there's not like you're you're cutting deals and flexing for yeah. people yeah dealers spend thousands of dollars to bring people in to make them happy right why would a dealer spend thousands of dollars to bring people in to lie to them and say that you were best price or we're not so when did that change like when did you start to see the one price dealership like mentality because i think back in the 70s 80s you know it was mm -hmm. like a lot it was just different right? yeah watch fargo yeah yeah <laughs> so um, like when do you think that changed so i never knew about one price when i lived in washington state so it, it was different then correct well one price best price whatever you call it yeah there's different dealers have different things right um really is from the midwest yeah so you know when it comes to Washington or what I saw before, it was always, here's here are the numbers. And then isolating what the objection is, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's, well, I'm trying to be at this payment, cool. Trying to figure out how to get to that payment. A lot of people don't pay cash for cars. So in, really, in reality, price is irrelevant. Right. And, um, you know, with financing the way it is now, et cetera, um, the best thing to do is just to go in and, and, and trust your instincts. Yep. You know, if you want to shop around, that's great. But the one thing we see often is people don't compare apples to apples. No. It can be the same year, make, and model, but maybe the one that they're looking at that's $1,000 more has $5,000 more of options. Right. So, you know, while I understand the industry's always had a bad rapport, mm -hmm. at the same time, you have to put your faith that somebody is still taking care of you. Yeah. But I think it's hard to find, harder is. to find. It just is. Like, just like in my industry, mm -hmm. like it's the same thing, right? You get the, the reputation that we're money hungry commission. Like that's all we care about. And it's like, no, like we actually do care about our clients. We want yeah. to deliver an amazing experience. And I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm telling you like, this is what your house is worth. And I refuse to tell you it's worth more just so I can get the listing. Right. You know? So um, sometimes you have to be willing to say no or walk away in sales, um, but it's out of transparency and it's out of like doing the right thing. Yeah. And again, you know, trust and transparency, 
if I say and I advertise that this is my best price and I negotiate even a penny, now I'm a liar. I know. And now I am what you think I am and I'm not going to be what you think I am. It's the same with like commission right. percentages. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's like people are like, well, can't you just, you know, do this this one time? And I'm just like, yeah, but if I do that, then I'm 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 hurting or I'm kind of uh, disrespecting all of my past clients yeah. that charged a, a different rate to them. You know, so it's like, yeah, at some point you just got to be able to be like, yeah, this is you're just not the right fit for what we're doing. And, you know, yeah, I'll help you. I'll help you if you need it. Otherwise, you know, maybe go somewhere else. Yep. Uh, lease or buy and why? Yep. So depends on how you drive, depends on your behavior. So I lease my cars. Yeah. Because I know for me, I don't drive more than 15,000 miles a year. Yep. I know I take pretty decent care of my cars. Yep. Right. And at the end of the day, I would rather always factor in having a car payment than having to factor in if I want to get in my car one day and turn it on and it doesn't start and it's three or $4,000 to fix. I am also a lease person, but right. I just recently had to buy my car. Okay. Because the lease was up yep. and it would have been, you know, a lot more money to get the same vehicle yes. basically just two years newer or whatever right and like with the covid disruption it kind of it's like weird that i had uh it was like a good deal yeah at that point you know to buy it sure but i was just like i guess i will but it bugs me that i own a car now because i don't really want to own one yeah um but I, just, I always like to ask like uh whoever i'm working with at the dealership i always ask them like what do you do every single person tells me to lease yeah so uh, it, again um you know if you drive thousands and thousands of miles a right. year like if you drive over i would say 18 to twenty thousand miles a year you're probably better to purchase right but if you take good care of your car if you like something newer every couple of years if you don't want to have to factor in the the maintenance after warranties up if you like always having that warranty leasing is the best way to go nice i like that i'm doing it right yes um you recently lost between 50 and 60 pounds Okay, so we're going to go away from the auto world. Sure. I want to talk about this. Yeah. So the person you're looking at lost 50 to 60 pounds very recently. Um, You were doing keto. Mm -hmm. You completed 75 hard, which also inspired me and my wife to do it, which we then completed it. So thank you for that. Um, Talk about your experience and your drive. Like, where does that come from? Yeah. And any advice for the listeners? Oh, um, like, well, like why, first off? Yeah. You know, Kaya came to me one day and she said, I want to do the 75-day hard. Yeah. And I said, well, I don't know what that is, but that sounds kind of fun. And this was, uh, gosh, this was the beginning, or this was the middle of February she came to me, and we started May for, or March 1st. Mm-hmm. So you have to remember March 1st in Minnesota is not fun. No. So uh, it literally was 45-minute walk outside in the snow, 45-minute uh, workout on our Peloton. Peloton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got some questions about that. Okay. <laughs> It is true what he says about my legs. Um, But anyway. (laughs) That's um, that's on here. Yeah. But I what I found was that I wasn't disciplined. And so 75 hard really reined me in um, and made me more disciplined and more driven to stick to something to actually see the results. Did you have to start over? No. Or did you just do it all the way through, right? All the way through. Yeah. I was a one. I was a one and done, too. Yeah. Like, I don't. A lot of people I talk to, like, that's not very common. They'll. They'll make it for a little bit, and then they'll they'll just they forget to take a picture or whatever, and yeah. they're done. Yeah, there were there were a couple times where you know I got to bedtime, which for me is about eight o'clock at night because I'm old, <laughs> um, and I had like two glasses of water I had to drink, so I'd run downstairs and drink them. Yeah, or uh, I forgot to take my picture, so I'd take my picture. Yep. Um, but 
um, honestly, like after I'd say about the first week, just got so disciplined that we, that I, I just kept going, and Kaya did it with me, so it was yeah. just, it was a lot easier. That's to a do huge that. tip. Yeah, I'd have for anybody mm-hmm. considering doing keto because I tried keto too. Mm-hmm. I did it for but she uh, didn't do keto, but she did thirty. Uh, she did whole thirty. Yep. But for keto, for me, is easier because there's no gray area. Yeah. You either can have it or you can't. Yep. But if you're going to do a diet or a fitness thing or anything, like if you can get your spouse involved or somebody else, yes. like a buddy or something, yep. oh, my gosh, it's it's so much easier. But especially if you're, like, married and you're trying to do keto and the other one's not or something, mm-hmm. like, I I would find that a little – it was a little harder. My wife was super supportive, but I just love bread. Yeah. So, like, it's a problem. Well, you can have keto bread. I know. It's just – I know. Yeah, not the same. Yeah. But, I mean, incredible accomplishment. Thank you. 50 to 60 pounds. Was it 50 or 60? It's actually 45. 45. But I'll take the 50 or 60. Right. But literally, yeah, so it was 45. I 45 went from, pounds. Uh, I, I went from 291 down to 246. It's amazing. I, uh, I On 75 hard, I lost 12 pounds. Yeah, so that's now, good. Now I don't feel like I've accomplished anything. Yeah, but no. that's that's good. You we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again uh, probably starting maybe middle of September. Got yeah. Got to wait till after the fair. Yeah, for sure after the fair. Yeah. yeah We're doing 75 soft right now, and, yeah. we, and I was like, we kind of made our own rules. I'm like, I get two cheat meals a week. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not doing it again. Well, you and I also had old fashions the other night. We did, but we can socially drink. Mm. It's for our 75 soft. Yes. All right. You also starred in a handful of commercials recently when you worked at the Bear Lot, right? Uh, yeah, I wiper Mitsubishi in the Bear Lot. Yeah, well, <laughs> so... A part of my role was doing the hot car of the week, which hot was car of the yes, week. a hot car of the week, um, which was on Twin Cities Live. So um, yeah, so Richard, um, Richard and I would feature a couple used cars and then whatever the new specials were for the month. Right, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it like, was a lot of fun. I always had fun doing that. Or um, you were really good at it too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I wrote down here. I said. Um, are you signing, signing autographs left and right now? Are you like destined for Hollywood? No. <laughs> Do you get? Did you get recognized ever? Uh, a couple of times, yeah. people would come in and say, you know, you're the guy from the, yeah. the, the you know hot car of the week. Um, but no, Rich. You know, a part of working for Richard is um, understanding that, you know, and having that respect that Richard's really built that store's brand. Yeah. And he's done a beautiful job. You know, yeah. Again, he's very creative. Um, I mean, you've met him. Um, he's, oh, he's very charismatic. Guy, and, yeah. and the other thing, too, is he believes that everybody has a home. Yeah. And that's something I truly respect about him. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, with doing stuff for him, whether it was doing stuff on social media with the tripod and the cell phone and just having fun with it or um, it was just always such a blast. Yeah. No, it just... I just wanted everybody to know I'm, yeah. I'm sitting here with, like, a, a TV star. Well, my original TV debut... Yeah. Oh, there was actually, more. Yes. So my dad and my brother and my uncle were partners in an appliance store in Seattle. Okay. And I was actually in a commercial for them back in like the yes. late 90s. Just Hollywood over here. I know. Are they paying you royalties at this mm, point or what? No. Damn. Just get to keep the last name. <laughs> um. All right. So I, these questions, I kind of I, – I did them in a sporadic order on purpose because I just I, – I like to keep, keep people guessing here. Mm. What is the biggest piece of advice you have to anyone for a happy marriage? Yeah. So I would tell you, given my drive, given my wife's drive for mm-hmm. success and for it's, it's 
you know, finding somebody who levels you up, yeah. but then who also allows you to level them up, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously, as, as uh, the last couple of weeks have panned out, there have been some some changes in in my life, yeah. um, professionally, yeah. and um, there have been several times where I've panicked, mm-hmm. and my wife is literally right next to me saying, "Everything's going to be." She's fine. your biggest fan. She's your she, biggest support system. And I, and and I'll tell you what that's the that's the biggest piece of advice I can tell you is is when you, when you find that person, mm-hmm. just love them. Yeah. Right. Just just absolutely love that person yeah you know for who they are um you know and and there there have been times where i have been tough on her because like uh earlier in the year um business at the clothing stores was um not as fruitful as it is during the fall right and so and and i i have deep regret about that yeah right because here the woman of my dreams is literally pillar like my pillar yeah she's holding me up he's the, the last couple of weeks it's been it's been just an interesting dynamic couple yeah. of weeks right yeah just a few things that we weren't planning on but yeah the, the man upstairs really has a plan for all of us right? yes um and she's been there and she's just been my rock yeah and so you know that's that's my so plan just, to be with her for her as her rock when she needs that yeah so your your piece of advice for everybody is just um, unconditionally support your spouse. Correct. And and sometimes, you know, I think us guys, we like to try to fix things. Mm. Like, you know, I'm we, we, we <laughs> like guilty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, that's unfortunately, ladies, that's a, a trait of ours. Um, we always want to fix things. And sometimes it's like talking and, and like trying to fix it for them. I, I've learned over the years isn't what they actually need. Sometimes mm-hmm. they just, they just want to sit with you and they just want to know that you got them. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, it, it seems s- simple, mm-hmm. um, but it's super important, and it's very rare. It's very rare from from what I've seen, um, especially like in my industry, for example. Like you know, real estate commission mm-hmm. tough. Not a lot of people are having tons of success this year. Right. Like if you don't have your spouse's support, like mm-hmm. you're screwed. It's yeah. game over because you can't keep showing up for yourself if you if your spouse doesn't believe in you. You're gonna talk yourself out of it, or you're just not gonna believe either. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, I agree with you 100, percent and that's awesome that Kaya uh, does that for you. Yeah, yeah. No, it, uh, it's 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 enlightening um, that you've you've got your true ride or die. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, feels good knowing it's like king and queen, and you know we're here to take on the world, and and anybody else that's standing in our way, like sorry, but get out the way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I think with a really um, supporting spouse and someone who's like dialed into what your vision is and stuff. If they believe it, like you're unstoppable, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think she believes in me more than sometimes I believe in myself. Yeah. You need that. Well, mm-hmm. I, I believe in you, Ben. Oh, <laughs> um, all right. We talked about this one. <laughs> Talk about the, Reich Birdwell inside joke. How did that start? Oh, Jesus. So, so <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know either. I just think you just started doing it and it's hilarious. I, but to give everybody some context, basically we have a neighborhood Facebook page like anybody has. And they will be like, I don't know, some lady selling some random piece of furniture or something. And every single time I look, cause I see all these posts. I think it started out with those two doing it. And they, part of me like, was like, 
okay, I'm kind of new to the neighborhood, so I'm just going to have fun with these They guys. were doing it to each other? Right. Okay. Yeah. And so then I was like, okay, well, I'll just try it. And yeah. then next thing I know, one of them's getting banned. And then texted <laughs> me saying they're banned. And then, like, so now it's to the point where somebody in the neighborhood's asking for a ride to the airport and... You know, Nate owns, you know, like Righteous Transportation, R-A-I-C-H, you know, Righteous. <laughs> and, you know, Rich is like operator or whatever because he's a uh, – I believe he's a surgeon. Yes, he is. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and then I'll get the text message that he had gotten messaged on uh, Facebook uh, asking for a ride to the airport by who was <laughs> – <laughs> so, you know, so I, I honestly don't know how the shenanigans started, but it, it was fun. It's fantastic. Yeah. Like – now it's like if somebody if somebody actually gives a valid suggestion, I'm like, no, I want the Nate Rich, Rich Birdwell tag. Yeah, just to just to get them going, you know. Yeah. And then people, like you said, they're actually reaching out to these guys. Like, oh, I heard you give rides to the airport. Yeah. Can you and like if you guys know Nate Rich or Rich Birdwell, they ain't got time to give people a ride right. to the airport. They're yeah. like the last people <laughs> that would be doing that. So I love it. Yeah. I just, every time I yeah. see it, I just start laughing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Simmons and Baldemar. Oh, jeez. Are we obsessed? We are obsessed. The Brooklyn Bonfire. Let's chat about this. Yeah. So how do you know him? Baldemar. But is it, did you meet him at Baldemar? Yeah. Okay. But what's interesting. But you said you met him first. Well, I mean, I think I was going to Baldemar first because I think I introduced you to Baldemar. I don't know. I I don't don't remember. I don't either. Um, But his girlfriend... Uh, and Kai have known each other for a while. Okay. They used to work out at like Orange Theory or something. So, uh, if you don't know what Baltimore is, mm. it's a it's a very nice environment. Kind of, I don't want to say high end steakhouse, but it's a nice. Spot. It's a good. It's a nice spot. You can get good old fashions, good steak. Mm. Um, they yeah. got a really cool kind of like quirky menu. There's a, a drink on there called It's Britney Bitch. Like okay. it's fantastic. You know? I've never had it's Britney. Ashley Britney. had it last night. That's okay, great. There was a lot of you Britney went there Bitch. last night. Uh, we went to Six Smith, which is like the same thing. Yeah, of but course. they have yeah, just on the water. Yeah, um, but so, anyways, for those of you that don't know, Baltimore High End Steakhouse, Michael Simmons, he is the general manager there. You should have him on here sometime. Oh, I'm going to. Okay, I can't wait. But he is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to wine. Mm-hmm. He food. Uh, and food and like everybody that I talk to at that place loves him yeah every single like every employee raves about him um they say that he like treats them the best they've ever been treated throughout the restaurant industry and and anyways every time we come in just like i'm sure when you do he stops by he Mm -hmm. makes it a nice personal experience he chats about the type of wine and like the wine i drank last time Mm -hmm. which i'm not a wine guy but he sold it real good it Mm -hmm. was like some guy was like he had like a 15 year ban that he couldn't make wine because he had a non-compete or something. Oh. And then he was in the desert. And then after 15 years of having this band, he, like, went and made this wine or came up with a concept while in the desert. Mm. And, like, no one else had it in Minnesota except Baldemar. And I was like, that's that's the story I want behind my wine, Michael. But Thank that's you. what makes him the greatest. Bespoke. Right? Bespoke, right? Right. He's, like, that's – it. it, it, it for him to be able to tell you the story behind it makes the experience that much Well, he better. had met the guy, too, and he, like, went and drank wine with him in, in California or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm just like, dude, you're amazing. So big shout-out to Michael. Yep, Michael's um, a great guy. We're, we're your number one and two fan or number one and one A. Um, but, yeah, we're obsessed with Baltimore. Mm-hmm. It's great. Baltimore. Um, before we get into, like, a lightning round, because okay. I have really quick lightning round oh, questions, geez. I have – 
two final longer questions. Okay. What does the future hold for Ben Friedman? Yeah. What's kind of like your five-year, three-year plan? Like, what are you thinking? So, you know, I've always had it in my heart to help as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. So however that pans out, um, whether it's the future of um, Friedman Automotive, um, whether it's... I, I can't really answer that other than yeah. the fact that my heart is to help as many people as possible. Right. right. Um, you know, having the resources to do it or creating the resources to do it, having the network of good people to help right. me do it. Um, but at the end of the day, the future of Ben Friedman is helping as many people as possible doing whatever it is, whether it's mentoring them. You know, that's why I love what I do. Yeah. Like that's, you know, uh, one of my favorite things to do when I'm not doing what I do, which I don't know what I do, but I do it. <laughs> Figure that one you out do yourself. It, I, you do I mean, it and I you do, do it well. Yeah. But whatever it is, we don't know. Right. But <laughs> one of my favorite things is to, um, and Kyle will tell you this, I'll go on a Saturday morning. I'll go buy a few dozen donuts. So I'll put my Ben Friedman automotive sticker on it. Mm -hmm. Is that this? Is uh, that what we're yeah. going with? Yep. Yep. So Friedman Automotive. Yep. yep. So, uh, yeah. so I'll just, I'll literally go to random dealerships and I'll just drop them off, shake some people's hands. Hey, you're... you're you know, it's nice to see you today, and I'll just leave. Yeah. And if I get a call, I get a call, right? Yeah. Um, but, again, it's inspiring greatness. Yeah. Because I I still have yet to find people that did that other than people who we paid, like, in our vendors. Right. Um, you know, and when winter comes, and mark my word, because I love doing it just because of the fact that it's good exercise, like, I would be out there brooming cars with people even if I wasn't at a dealership. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just love doing it. Yeah. Plus, 75 hard. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, I think uh, whatever the future holds for Ben Friedman, it's going to be filled with lots of people that absolutely love you and yeah. and like and are like blown away by what you do for them. Mm -hmm. And that's a that's going to be a fun, happy life to live. And yeah. and 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 I know you're not doing it for this reason, but you're I do it. I do it because of this. You do it for that, but you're also you know um, your son is going to look back on what mm -hmm. you've done. Yeah. And it's going to be very inspirational. Yeah, I took him. He wanted to go on a field trip a couple Saturdays ago. So um, we went up to Princeton. I have a friend that works at the Chevy store in Princeton. Yeah. We took him We took him some cookies and some muffins. And, he, and David's like, what are we doing? And I'm like, <laughs> we're going to go see Mr. Potts. Yeah. And uh, I, I just hope that I can inspire him down yeah. the road, whatever he decides to do, to yep. always just think with his heart. Yep. You're leaving a legacy. Right. And uh, I'm excited to see how it all shakes out and just know that you got my support. Thanks. That's for damn sure. Yeah, you have mine too. Um, all right. Last, like, bigger question here before the fun little lightning round is you've, you've alluded to it a few times, but what's your why? Like, what, you know, when you wake up and you're like, all right, I'm – I'm going to go grind and I'm going to go drop off the donuts. I'm going to go try to inspire people. I'm going to do all these things. Like, what is it? Is it something inside of you? Is it for other people? Like, what keeps you going? I don't do things for me. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing everybody knows. I don't I do not do things for me. I like finding people um, that need a little encouragement. Or yeah. People that may have an idea but don't know how to get there, right? Just like me. Like, sometimes I'm lost, right? right. Sometimes... Sometimes I, I feel lost, right? But but at the same time, like, I don't focus on myself when I feel that way. The, mm -hmm. the way I solve that problem is to go find other people that are lost and lift them up. Yeah. Because when they're lifted up, so am I, right? Um, 
but my why is to help others see greatness even when they can't see it themselves and fill them with gratitude, right? Um, I'm a very grateful person. You know, I look back on all the things like we've just talked about over the last hour, mm -hmm. moving out here, meeting my wife, mm -hmm. having a great career, having health, having a beautiful son, living yeah. in a beautiful neighborhood, having the things that we have, you know, it, it's, it's all things that come with gratitude mm -hmm. and it can all be taken away and I'd still feel the exact same as I feel right now. Yeah. You know, um, one thing I said, I think earlier this year, or late last year was I'm okay if I go broke as long as I leave this world a better place. Yeah. I love that. I'm, I'm happy to go broke as long as I've left this world a better place. Well, you, you always do. Go I mean, broke? No, no, not. You never go broke, baby. You always leave a place wherever you were, you leave it a better place. Every time you pop in the office, I mean, it's funny that like, I'll, I'll come in the office. My team members will be like, yeah, like, uh, you know, Ben stopped by, like, like they talk about you, like they know you. And I'm just like, what the hell? I missed him again, you know? And, and like, you just, you have a way of connecting. And so I'm glad that you're wise. I love like, people. Like yeah. I truly do. Like I truly, people make me, me, yeah. right? Like it's not, it's not a title. It's not what I have. Again, it's, it's people make me who I am and therefore yeah. I'm going to make people who they are. Well, you're doing you're doing um, what you were meant to, to do. That's Thank for you. dang sure. Thanks. You know what I mean. So that's fun. That's an amazing why. That yeah, feels good. Uh, you, uh, that's why I just know whatever you do, you're going to be successful because you, you have you have such a big why to to help ever everyone else. Like that's you're never going to run out of that. You know to do that. Mm -mm. Um, some like for me, my why before when I first started in real estate was like provide financial freedom for me and my family. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and it's like, I don't want to say we're financially free by any means, but we got to the point where we don't have to check the bank account every day. Mm -hmm. We can take people out to dinner and not have to like split the check. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's kind of what we were going for. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, shit. All right. What's my other why now? Like, mm -hmm. and, and so your why is like n almost never ending because there's so many people that could use your help. It, and it just fills you up, which is great. Yeah. I mean, you know, last year, that, you know, with, certain people who like um, a, a, a guest of ours at Wiper Mitsubishi, his kid was hit by a car, mm. right? And, and severely injured. And Kai and I didn't even think twice about it. Mm -hmm. Donated. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody's house burnt down. Donated, right? Yep. So like, again, mission in life is is to help as many people as possible, right? Yeah. And, and um, we're just blessed. Yeah. Right? Just blessed. All right, now I have some fun questions for oh. you. What I call the lightning round. Get some shorter answers. Um, just kind of like, you know, thing that pops in your head first okay. with some of this stuff. Some of them might need a little more explanation, but some of them will be like, I'll ask you a question. I just want to know, like, first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Like Nate Wright or Rich Birdwell? Basically. I take Nate Wright. Yeah, duh. <laughs> I mean, I like Birdwell, too. I do, too. He's got the stash working for him right he now. He does. It's, you know. Yeah, but Nate always has, like, the... Like the five o'clock, like know. I got my face wet and rolled it in a sandbox look. Should we just skip all the questions and talk about how much <laughs> how much we're obsessed with Nate and Rich Birdwell? <laughs> um, okay, first question. What is the Wattage Cottage? Yep, so the Wattage Cottage is where the Peloton is. Um, I haven't used it lately, admittedly, but um, 
I can tear up the Peloton. I've got. Yeah, can these. you here? Can you get those on camera? Stand up, oh, stand up, and give a little flex or something. I mean, you're oh, busting through I mean, the shorts, bro. I know. Yeah. So I got I got pretty good legs. Yeah. So the Wattage Cottage is basically where the Peloton is that I can just absolutely tear it up. Yeah. So like, Ben um, is a sandbagging son of a bitch, is what he is. So <laughs> when when we first like started getting acquainted, I was like, oh, you ride Peloton? Like, I ride Peloton too. Like. Let's see who can go go, yeah, go faster. So, so, so Tyler Miller's half hour is basically ten minutes for me, <laughs> and it, my half hour ain't bad. No, I mean, I mean, you know what I mean. It's not like if there's people that are way worse. Right, I'm always in the top third. Yeah, but you're always riding with Kendall Tool. Kendall Tool is the best. Mm. Just saying, turn on one of her metal mixes and see what happens. <laughs> but, anyways, he's a sandbagging son of a bitch because he's like, oh yeah, like I ride Peloton. I don't know, and like the numbers this freaking guy puts up or it's insane yeah. it's literally insane it's a challenge though in 30 minutes you know what your pr is i remember i wouldn't be able to ever tell you like what my prs are now because yeah. it's been a while since but, i've ridden but, but but i'll get back into it probably here in the next couple i mean of what you're probably in like the you're in the 500s for a 30 i i want to say maybe like six no you never touch six no for a 30 I think for a 30, I'm in the fives, like mid-fives. Yeah, for a 45, I, I know I'm at 791. I remember that's my 45 is 791. It's nuts, dude. I've never so, done a 60. My follow-up question to that, well, you already kind of talked about this. It says, do you have robot legs? I do not have <laughs> robot legs. They're just, they've always been Bullshit. Strong. Bullshit. <laughs> I actually have a metal detector here. We're going to check right now. Okay. No, I don't. All right. But, yeah. Um an, an insane amount of muscle and stamina in this man over here. It's Lower freaking body. crazy. Lower body. The tree trunks, right? Yes, the tree trunks. Oh, man. Um, all right. BMW or Mercedes? Uh, I'm going to say BMW. Okay. Any reason why? They're a little bit more exciting. Um, they have a lot more. The, the color palette is a little bit more extended, a little bit okay. more sporty. Mercedes is a little bit more elegant. That's mm-hmm. why you drive it. I'm an elegant man. You are very I'm a elegant. gentle man. Yes, 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 you you are. But, um, <laughs> you know, BMW is just historically a little bit more sporty, and they yeah. have a, a, a bigger variety of uh, of models and body styles. All right. Best car on the market? Oh, man. That's a tough one. Um, you know, I would say under 50000 right now. Um, oh gosh, now you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, like, I would say probably like a Honda CRV or a Toyota okay. Rav Four or a Mitsubishi Outlander. Just from like a value standpoint, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Just from not only an acquisition but also from a maintenance perspective. Okay. Um, what were the ones you said? So Honda CRV, Toyota Rav Four, Mitsubishi Outlander. Okay. Right. Um, as far as over fifty thousand dollars, I mean, <clears throat> they're like the best built car out there right now. Like, could be three hundred thousand dollar car. Like, what is it? I, I mean, that's a tough one. I, I guess it just depends on. I, I would probably go with an Escalade or a, a Navigator, mm-hmm. um, just because I like how plush they the are. The Wagoneer, the Grand Wagoneer. Yeah. Yes. That thing is badass. They are pretty sweet. When I, saw, yeah. when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, they're pretty big. They're like 120000 yeah. or something. It's nuts. Yeah, you got to pay to play, though. You do. Um, when buying a car, yep. 
what coverage do you get with it? So, like, you know, the guy comes out at the end and he's like, hey, I got to go over the maintenance plans and the the additional, like, uh, if there's rips and tears. Yep. And, like, and then you can add the little plastic uh coat on your hood yes. to prevent the rocks and the scrapes and stuff. What do you what would Ben Friedman get? So I get I get it all. You and get everything. I do, but here's why because I get the money back. I remember I lease my cars. Yeah, right? So anytime there's a scratch or a ding or a dent, you have to pay for that when you turn your car in. Yeah. So if you get the protection up front, yeah, it's maybe 50 or 60 dollars more a month, mm-hmm. but that's over 36 months that's what, 2 grand, mm-hmm. right? I get that money back by not having to pay for all of that stuff okay. and all of the fixes, right? And um, we have a neighbor who um, bought wheel and tire protection for her car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, we may have mentioned her husband a couple of times yeah. on here. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you, like, you just – they call it insurance for a reason. So wheel and tire protection is insurance, mm-hmm. right? So if you do happen – something happens to your wheel, wheels now – like I think said individual's wheel was like twenty two hundred dollars, and wow. wheel and tire yeah. protection is maybe eight or nine hundred dollars. Yeah. So would you rather spend twenty two hundred dollars on a wheel, or would you rather spend eight or nine hundred dollars and have your wheels protected for as long as right. you have the car? I wish I would have done that on my lease. Yeah. That was like the only thing that wasn't covered. Right. Um, and then yeah, I had to replace some tires because it was just it like after the first year they were just like not holding air well so tires are maintenance so you're regardless even if you buy wheel and tire coverage okay wheel and tire coverage only protect if for example you crack a wheel or gotcha. you you dent a wheel Drive or a nail um no that because that's unfortunately that's like maintenance that's going to happen yeah but like if something were to happen to the actual structural loyalty of the wheel it covers that and uh this neighbor she used it Yes. There you go. Look at that. Um, is that answer any different if you're buying versus leasing? No. So what I tell people, again, is you'll get out of it what you put into it, right? Yeah. So um, the, the common thing even when people are leasing is typically dealers right now because inventory inventory is so short. Mm-hmm. Dealers are buying out leases, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm protecting the front of the car with the clear, the clear shield, yeah. right, if there are – dents and dings in the front of the car because there's no clear shield that that is money that's deducted from the trade value Mm -hmm. so if you spend a thousand dollars protecting the front of your car Mm -hmm. you're not going to have to worry about that yeah but if you take your car in and there's dents and dings and all that stuff on the front of the car because or or rock chips that's a thousand dollars it's taken off the value that you could have just spent to protect the car i just wonder if in a in the low inventory market you know similar to real estate like would a dealer look past some of that stuff just to get a car in to provide to their clients. Well, like, of course, you know, are, are, are they right now? Is it, is the answer different because the inventory is so low with this coverage stuff or is, or is it no matter what, you still think it's a smart play. Any, any great dealership is going to find a way to make a car deal happen. Yeah. Right. Again, that's going back to customer centric and mm-hmm. we do like most dealerships will make, we'll figure out a way to make it happen. Yep. I like it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Best advice you've ever received? Hmm. Um, I would say the best advice I ever receive is to always speak up when something doesn't feel right. Um, because then it's 
your integrity if you don't. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Best vacation spot? St. Thomas probably would be up there. Okay. Um, love St. Thomas. Love Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But St. Thomas. What about St. Thomas? I've never been. Yeah. Um, the water is like blue Kool-Aid. Okay. Uh, it's warm. You don't need a passport. It's okay. a three-hour plane ride. Yeah, where where is St. Thomas? Uh, yeah, it's uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands. Okay. So, um, and it's affordable. So, yeah. Um, Didn't they just get hit by a big – St. Thomas hit by a storm like a year or so ago? Uh, yeah, a couple – maybe like two, two or three years ago. Um, okay. But, I mean, literally – uh, we went with five other couples. We rented a home overlooking the water, mm-hmm. Infinity Pool. It was amazing. Yeah, and it was just awesome. But it was a, it was a great trip. Yeah, um, it you know Mexico's fun, mm-hmm. but I would say if you want to go someplace just kind of chill, Saint Thomas. Saint Thomas. Yeah, because it's quiet. Mexico yeah. typically is more of a party yep. type place. Okay. But yeah, Saint Thomas. Okay, check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's kind of funny. So. Because you do 75 hard, you would do the outdoor walks all the time around mm-hmm. our neighborhood. So I wrote down, what's your favorite route to walk around the neighborhood? Oh, yes. What's your favorite? you got to have a favorite, right? Yeah. Like a go-to? Uh, yeah. Like, yep. like walk me through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I come out of my neighborhood, go down West Lake Parkway to the Lakes Parkway. Mm-hmm. Um, I hang a right. Oh, you hang I, a right? I hang a right now. Okay. I used to hang a left. Yeah. But now I hang so a right. So you go away from the beach? Yes. Okay. So I, I go right. And then uh, I make a left onto South Lakes Parkway, yep. right? Uh, and then I go to um, what's Aspen Lake Drive? Nope, probably? no, you that, go to Edison. Edison. You go no, to, I go Edison. So you you just walk over the bridge. Yep. To go, Edison. Go to Edison. Mm-hmm. Um, some days, if I'm in a hurry, I'll go down your street. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the time, I've been going around Edison, coming back, um, or, and then uh, you go back towards South Lake Boulevard. Or, uh, or back towards Lake. Yeah. Parkway. So basically, yep. So ba- well. So basically, I I go down Edison, come around, and basically go across the lake from your house, and then come around next to Nate Righteous. Oh, okay. Yep. And so then around there. Yep. And then um, I hang another right, and I keep walking along, and I go to the neighborhood. I don't know what it's called, uh, Jamestown Road. Oh, Copper Bay. Yes, Copper Bay. Um, walking those homes, and uh, I used to then take the little beach trail through the beach, and then. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I've been going. This morning I did four miles. Wow! So that's that's literally doing the whole lake. Yeah. And then ending up back on um, Westlake Boulevard. Yeah. At, uh, at Cloud almost, and then coming home. It was great. That's a heck of a walk right there. Was, that's more than forty-five minutes, isn't it? Yeah, it was an hour this yeah. morning. But I'll switch it up depending on when I have to be home. All right, this is an important one, okay. and I already know the answer. Mm-hmm. Cin- cinnamon roll or orange roll? Mm, cinnamon. There's only one person I know that likes orange. She wanted to call in during this segment and, like, voice her opinion. I'm sure you that, could probably edit her in. Oh, I'm sure I could. But, yeah, so anybody listening right now, my wife is a is a psycho because she loves orange rolls, which if you didn't even yeah. – probably people don't even know that uh, Pillsbury makes – orange rolls instead of cinnamon rolls well if you don't know about it then they shouldn't have made it they they absolutely should not have made it and now my wife has my kids thinking it's the right decision there's a few other people that are on board team orange roll what and i'm like what world are we living in right now what? am i taking crazy pills like that's it's like team high, that's like team high noon v- versus team white claw yeah there's no debate no it's, it's, clock, cre- it's cream cheese frosting <laughs> 
like, like, but anyway, so um, me and Ben have verbally attacked my wife multiple times, yes. and, and also uh, through text and, and Facebook messages yes. because she's wrong. And Ashley, I want you to look me right. in the eye yeah, right yeah, now, yeah, yeah. We're, look and we're, look yes. Ben in the eye, yes, and just know you're it's wrong. Cream cheese, yeah, cream cheese, not orange. Yeah, orange is like a Jolly Rancher or a juice, not right. a frosting on a savory bun. And you know what I like with my cinnamon roll? Orange juice. Mm, I so like, you were gonna say a, an old fashioned. <laughs> well, that's we're getting there. Um, <laughs> but like, I can't have an orange juice with an orange roll. That's too much orange. That is way too much orange. You know what I mean? So, anyways, whoever thinks orange roll, I mean, whatever, they're crazy. Maybe we need to start a poll. We do need to start a poll. We'll figure this out. Uh, favorite restaurant in Blaine? I would say Oliver's mm-hmm. is the first one. I mean, I, they took the. The octopus off their menu. They did, yeah. The eight puss, yeah. No more eight puss. So very, I would say sad. Oliver's, Bricks. I mean, it all goes to one person anyway. Corey's got the market <laughs> covered. Yeah, he's somebody else I'd like to have on here one of these days. <clears> yeah, yeah. He's definitely at the market. He's, I'm sure he'd, he'd be great. Um, but yeah, I would say uh, Oliver's and Bricks. So, have you ever been to the parlor downtown, like the burger joint, the parlor? No. Okay. My wife is obsessed with the Bricks burger though with the bacon jam on it mm. anyways she was like ask ben because he'd say that the bacon jam burger is way better than the parlor burger and is i'm it? sorry it's not but well your wife also likes orange right rolls and like and she likes mcdonald's apple pies and so like what, what are we doing yeah, it's <laughs> awkward i love you mm. you're very simple and i love that <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh favorite spot to get an old-fashioned i mean come on it's Either Baldemar or Oliver's. And how do you take it? Like, what's your what's your if if they're like, what do you want in it, right? Because well, they always ask. It's tough. So here's the thing, right? So like, I used to go to Lacrosse a lot, and mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, their old fashioned is muddled fruit mm-hmm. and brandy, mm-hmm. which is how I first started drinking old fashions. Right. And so I like that. Um, but I will tell you, the Brooklyn Bonfire, the Baldemar is the bomb because I like smoky drinks. Yeah, you so, sent you constantly are sending me. I swear to God, like once every two weeks. There'll be a video of you getting a smoked old fashioned, and I'm like, "Huh, where's my invite?" Yeah, say hi to Michael for me. <laughs> I mean, gotta rub it in. No, I'm a I'm a huge old fashioned fan as well. I had two last night for my anniversary, and uh, the smoked a smoked one is incredible. Yeah, the Crave's got a decent one too. Yeah, and it's funny. My wife bought me a smoker kit for Christmas maybe like two years ago. Yeah, still have it used. We it. probably need to. Yeah, bust that out, mm-hmm. break that thing in. We should have brought that here. Oh, that what we were thinking. Great. Yeah, we should have just had old fashioned. So I <laughs> we should have. Dang it! Next time, mm-hmm. um, when I'm on your podcast. Yes. What's your favorite thing to do in Blaine? Like just around this area, walk around the lake. Yeah, of course. I know that's that's up there for me too. It I seems don't, weird. I don't do a lot in Blaine. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, ask me a year ago to me to take David to the Fun Lab. Yeah, he didn't like the Fun Lab anymore. Okay. He's so, going out of the fun lab. He's too cool. Yeah, the Halloween deal kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of freaked him out. But I love walking around the lake. Yeah. Okay. Um, a couple more. Do you have any hidden talents? Mm. Like, can you, like, dislocate a freaking finger or, like, I don't know, no, juggle but, or... No, I like to karaoke. Yeah. I karaoke twice this last weekend. Did you really? I did. I sang I Want It That Way with Brian Schulten and ah. John Selner. <laughs> and then I sang uh, Five Leaf Clover to my wife, but no one knows that song because by, it's by Luke Combs, but no one knows that song, so it probably wasn't a good choice. But, I mean, I feel like I did all right. Did you try that in a small town? No. Okay. 
That, but, no, but you, you sang, and you, yeah. you probably were in a small town, so you tried that in a small town. Oh, I did. You're right. right. I did good. try that right. in a small town. There right. was 200 people there, though. Okay. Well, a lot. That's good. And I was after Philip Phillips got off the stage, so like... I believe that was Philip Phillips Jr. That was. You're right. Philip Phillips Jr. Jr. PPJ. PPJ. Um, P squared J. <laughs> so... Okay, any other hidden talents you like to you like to see? I like to carry Can you give, a, give us a demo. No. Give me like a five second like like <laughs> what, what's your go to? <clears throat> this is how we do it. <laughs> Which is that's why I have this to be is like how we do Right. That's why like once upon a time in ninety four, Montel made some money and last show was slow. Oh, and shit. all he said was six eight he stood and people thought the music that he made was good. And this was DJ and Ben was his name. He came up to money, this is what he said. You and OG are gonna make some cash. So many records, and we're making a dash. If you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> that's awesome. Yeah, that's about it. So. Yeah, I don't, actually now that you do that, it's funny because you literally dressed like a Backstreet Boy or something one time, or you had like a chain and you had oh yeah yeah like a, like a bucket for, hat or something. Um, right? That was for Greg and Michelle's uh, <laughs> first lake concert yes. that when we were on the lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that was fun. so awesome. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's see. Aliens have recently recently been acknowledged as real. Okay. Thoughts. Like, are we? So let's just say they are. Okay. Because okay? that's what the government has told us. But they may be distracting us from something else. But mm. that's what, you know, that's the that's the story right now. Like, I feel like, like, shouldn't we be doing something? Like, like, do we just go back to watching Netflix now? Or like, I don't know. I mean, it's cool and all that. Like, people want to come hang out on Earth. You know, right? But like, I I'm not buying it. No, I just I'm like I feel like our whole lives were always just like, oh, aliens, and like there's movies about it and yeah. all that stuff. And now it's like, yeah, no, they're totally real. And everybody's just like casual, like, okay, cool. And like <laughs> we're not doing anything about it. And then I I actually read the article and it's like they found non-human matter or substance mm. on a craft. And I'm like, that is so like like not specific that I feel like it's made up. But they had people testify in front of a grand jury and whatever. I, it's, I don't know, man. I uh, I guess, I, well, so I stopped watching the news year, like probably about a year ago. The only time I watch is if there's yeah. going to be like a uh, major storm or if somebody's, I, in the eating, same way. Or if somebody's this, eating orange rolls in our neighborhood. Yes. I got like, this information from TikTok. That's where I get all my news now. Oh, TikTok. TikTok, yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> don't it's actually it. pretty good. No. I it I mean honestly like if people want to come to our country like you know from outer space that's great um more power to you just pay your taxes yeah, bro. buy cars <laughs> and buy houses like, we'll figure that out <laughs> yeah we'll figure out the rest <laughs> um what show are you binging right now or what's the last show that you've binged Oof. um so I don't binge um okay. but I would tell you my two favorite that I have binged yeah uh, Silicon Valley oh god I love it I just finished I, that again like, yeah recently so Silicon Valley and Ballers. Dude, they're both great. Those are both yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Ballers. Great ones. So Ballers is like motivating for me. Yeah. Um, and Silicon Valley is just kind of like just fun to watch. Ballers is so good. It is good. It's a bummer. It's done. Mm-hmm. Um, best book recommendation? Um, so I would say The Power of One More by Ed Milet. I saw. Is, is that. fantastic. What's the quick like two sentence summary of that book? Oh, yeah. So it just, um, you know, he breaks it down into one more something, right? So like one more prayer, one more habit. Um, I, I think 
the the biggest concept that I've taken away is we're all born with a temperature, right? Right. All, and I'm not talking like literally a temperature, but we're all born with a comfort zone, which he calls our temperature. And our goal is to raise each other's temperatures up. Mm. So we circle, we, mm -hmm. we have our circles where in hopefully each and every one of us is raising each other's temperature, right? Right. And if you get somebody around somebody who's lowering your temperature, you need to get away from that person. Yeah. Because maybe that person's lowering our temperature, but maybe they can go raise somebody else's temperature that's at their level. Right. So um, I'll great. go on record right now saying that Ben Friedman raises my temperature. You raise me up. <laughs> he makes me hot. Hot. It's getting <laughs> hot and her. her. <laughs> it's actually surprisingly not hot. No, it's here. not. The well, fans are fan, fantastic. Yeah, fans, yeah, good fan club. Um, <laughs> I would say, though, um, the other book is uh, Culture Eats Strategy for Lunch. So, yeah. you know, culture is, is so important. And it's one of the things that I learned that a business has to have a culture, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. marketing is what your customers think your business is. Your culture is what your 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 people actually think your business is, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we spend a lot of money talking about how great a place is to work, but if the culture is shit, right, then it's just a tactic. Yep, I 100% agree. Culture is everything. Mm -hmm. um, okay, two more questions. Yep. How far superior is a Caramello bar compared to all other candy bars? Mm. Uh, it's it's pretty much up there. I mean, oh where can you God. bite into something and just oh my you God. just drips, drips out? Yeah, dude. yeah. Like you gotta be careful. Yep, it's fantastic. If you have not had a caramello bar, like what are you doing with your life? Or put it in the freezer for like ten minutes because it, it's still cold, but it's still drippy. Mm. I gotta try that. I've never mm -hmm. actually. I just like every time I get, it, I have to eat it immediately. I can't wait. Yeah. Um. All right. Last question. What's your go-to order at McDonald's if you were like had to go to McDonald's? What, what's your go-to? So I'm just a small chocolate milkshake. That's it? I don't – I'm not – No fries, big. burgers, nothing? I mean – The nuggets? If I'm super hungry, I'll do a quarter pounder with cheese. There it is. But if I just am looking for um, something to get me through yeah. that's easy to eat, just a, just a chocolate milkshake. You're just a simple guy. There's, just there's to save the world one person at a time. Well, yeah. There's – With a chocolate milkshake. Yeah. There's, there's actually a YouTube video, a guy named Clay Cooley, um, brilliant guy. Um, who talks about it's called the jobs we're hired to do and he mm -hmm. talks about a milkshake is hired to make us feel full but not give us a mess right I'll, I'll send it to you yeah it's actually it's really great it's a, and uh back when i sold software we used to take chocolate milkshakes into all of our presentations and people be like why, why are you bringing these and then yeah. we'd send them the clay cooley thing and yeah here's what you're hiring us to do yeah i love it yeah it's always awesome. you're always like but, working an angle baby right but we learned that Chocolate milkshakes and milkshakes in general are not available until like ten o'clock. So on the early morning yeah. pitches, we were like <laughs> shooting ourselves. In yeah, the feet. you like have to get your own milkshake right. uh, maker. But the milkshakes do bring all the boys to the yard. <laughs> they do, they do, and that is that is what sums up Ben Friedman right there. His milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Mm. <laughs> well, I got no other questions. I just want to say that I really appreciate you being on here. Yeah, I dude. appreciate you having me. Um, it's awesome. it's amazing to hear your story and just hear how you are so uh, dead set on just impacting the community and and uh, it's it's just refreshing because yeah. not everybody has that why. A lot of people are about themselves and and uh, you are you're someone that is different. That's why I was drawn to you immediately when I first met you and. Uh, I just love having you in my life, and and you are you're absolutely 
the obvious choice for many things. No, I appreciate that, man. I just, you know, I just operate on the the fact that nobody's going to remember what you had. They're going to remember who you are. Right. And if you had a good heart and you operate the same way and you do everything for other people with their best interests in mind, people are going to always remember you. So. Well, thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in. Thank you. And Ben, thanks again, buddy. Appreciate you. Love you, you, man. Love you, too.